You know what it is. That's right. It's time to talk money with your money nerd and financial coach. Now, tighten those purse strings and open those ears. It's the Money Talk with Tiff podcast. Hey, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Money Talk with Tiff podcast. Today, I have Lauren Almond on the line. Now, Lauren is a podcast host and real estate investor based in the Tampa Bay area of Florida. She's passionate about personal finance and investing. Lauren has a bachelor's of finance from the University of Florida and a graduate certificate in financial planning from Boston University. She and her husband have eight short-term rentals and four long-term rentals. So you know we're about to dive into that. They plan to retire from their nine to fives before the age of 40, which is awesome. Now, before we get into Lauren, let's talk about our sponsor today. So today, this episode is sponsored by Jasmine Mortgage Team. Now, Jasmine Mortgage Team is one of the top 10 women-led mortgage lenders in the nation with over 20 years of experience. They specialize in mortgages for new home purchases. So if you're listening to this and you're like, wait a minute, I think I want a short term or a long term rental, hit up Jasmine Mortgage Team because they can definitely help you out. So you can find them at jasminemortgageteam.com. Again, that is jasminemortgageteam.com. Now, back to Lauren. Hey, Lauren. (laughs) Welcome to the show. (laughs) Thank you so much for having me. It's so fun to be on this side of it. Yes, yes, I know. As podcast host, whenever I can be a guest, I'm like, yes, <laughs> pressure off. <Yep>. No, <laughs> but um, I wanted to have you on because, as I said in your bio, you own um, real estate property and you have a combination of short term rentals and long term rentals, which I thought was very interesting. And especially now because everybody's trying to get into the short term rental game. So, just to Give our audience just a little bit of background. What is a short-term rental? So a short-term rental is going to be a property that doesn't have a lease on it per se. Typically, long-term rentals are gonna be six months to a year. Sometimes they're month-to-month leases. I think of a short-term rental as something where it's rented for less than 30 days, multiple times per year. Gotcha. So we're talking more like the Airbnb and, you know, that kind of vacation stuff, yep, right? Exactly right. Yep. <laughs> Perfect. And then so long term rentals is like what people typically think of when they think about renting properties out. Yeah, exactly. In our case, we have some that were had a one year lease and then they go to month to month after that. That's kind of typically what our what our process is. So people that are going to be in there a little while. Awesome. Awesome. Now, I wanted to get into why did you all, because I I believe and correct me if I'm wrong, um, that you all started with long term rentals and then you transitioned to doing more short term rentals. So I just wanted to get into what was your mindset around that? Like what made you make that change? Yeah, it was kind of happenstance. We had some long term rentals and that was our plan. We were going to have a long term rental portfolio and use that to retire early. And we looked to house hack, which is where you live in part of your property and rent other parts of it out. That could be, for example, maybe there's a house with a mother-in-law suite. You could live in the house, rent out the mother-in-law suite. It could be a duplex, live in one side, rent out the other, for example. So we were looking, instead of buying another rental property, we decided to move primary and get a rental property kind of, you know, as a bonus, maybe in the backyard or, or something like that. And... We also wanted to be somewhere where we could walk to restaurants and bars and also somewhere near a trail here in Pinellas County, Florida. There's a 45 mile bike trail and I want to be able to bike right from my house to that trail. And so we started looking along the trail at all these little places 
And we fell in love with one. It's called Tarpon Springs, and it happens to be a tourist destination. And the property that we happened to find was a commercially functioning bed and breakfast. And so that probably is what planted the seed that we should do short-term rentals because that was already how the property was functioning. It has lodging zoning, which is really cool. That's actually where I am right now. And the cottages, there's two cottages in the backyard, and they're both kind of small without uh, washers and dryers. So we thought, you know what, rather than trying to convert them, figure out where to put washer, dryer, things like that, let's do short-term rentals where people maybe don't need it. Mm, That's a really good idea. So just to hit on some key points with what you just said. Well, first you all knew what you were looking for. I think that's super important. Like you were like, okay, I like to bike. I need to find a bike trail. And then I want to see like what, it, what properties are in this area to where this makes sense for us. Um, so I think that's really important too, to have like, you know, your must haves. So that way you can narrow it down a little easier. Cause I mean, if you're like me, when I was, you know, looking for properties, I was just like, I don't care. Okay, whatever. Like, (laughs) and I didn't really have a hit list, so to speak, of things that I really wanted. It makes decision making a lot easier, the tighter your criteria are. You know, if you're looking to invest in real estate and you're like, well, I could do a duplex or triplex or a quad, but maybe I'll also do a single family or maybe I'll be looking for a single family with an accessory dwelling unit. That just opens up your Zillow searches or whatever to just be massive. And if you have a really specific criteria, it also causes you, your decision process kind of gets shorter and you can act really quickly. And so that's why really having criteria when you wanna buy real estate, and it's okay to change them, right? I started with a single family home, traded that into the duplex, traded that duplex into a six unit apartment building later. So you can change your criteria along the way, but when I was looking for the duplex, I was looking for a duplex, right? So, and when I was looking for the six family, I was our six unit, I was actually looking for a short-term rental option and we got to get a bunch of them at once, so. Mm, yeah, that makes complete sense. And then you all like lucked up with the cabins in the back and the bed and breakfast. I'm like, this is perfect for a real estate investor. Yeah, exactly. It needed a lot of work. It had been in the market about six months. Uh, the price had gone down about $100,000 over that six months. And we happened to go under contract in March of 2020, right? When kind of everything was hitting the fan with COVID. And I think that also made her more willing to deal. So she actually came down $50,000 with us over the course of that time because she was shut down, wasn't making any money. Um, It needed a ton of work. We did that work. We did a cash out refi, took that money, bought another short-term rental. And then not very long after that, traded that duplex that I already owned into the six unit. So those those doors that we talked about, eight short-term rentals, four long-term rentals. It's actually just three properties. Oh, nice. Very cool. More bang for your buck, for sure. (laughs) I love that strategy. So what are some pros of short-term rentals? Yeah, so long-term rentals are great. I like them. I kind of like right now having the diversity that we have, right? We have, you know, a good bit of long-term rentals still, and that's kind of going to be your steady, steady income, you know, if you will. But for short-term rentals, you're much more incentivize to take care of the property and make it like truly beautiful. You know, paint the outside, redo the yard. We love redoing yards and we have these like kind of beautiful Florida oasis backyards because we're not on the water, but we want to give people that Florida kind of beachy vibe. There's also um, guests kind of versus tenants. 
When you are, especially in our case where we're in Florida, we're in a vacation rental area, people are on vacation and they're just kind of happy, you know, and I kind of like dealing with happy people. Not that tenants aren't, but typically if you're talking to a tenant, it's because something's wrong. You're not like, they're not like, hey, just wanted to check in and let you know I got a promotion or something, right? It's not like that. It's like, hey, the garbage people didn't come. Hey, my AC's not working. Hey, my heat's not working, right? So just because of that, t- typically guests who I'm interacting with, they're going to be very happy. And that just puts me in a good mood. I also just like showing people Florida. I'm, I really love love my state too. So um, the other side of it is going to be like for owner use. So we actually do this kind of wacky thing where the bottom story of this house that I'm in, it's on Airbnb, VRBO, it's on our website and people can book it. And then when it books, one of our other properties automatically blocks and then we go, and that's that property is on the water. So we go over there and we spend like a week on the water at our other property nearby, right? And so we also kind of get to almost arbitrage a little bit. And it also helps us take care of our places, right? If we are staying in them, sometimes we go to the six unit as well. If we're staying in them, we're just going to see things through a different lens than if we didn't. Another cool thing about short-term rentals is they're being cleaned literally all the time. You know, there's not going to be a surprise. Sometimes with long-term tenants, you could go in and maybe the whole time they've been there, they haven't cleaned at all, right? Versus short-term rentals, my stuff's being cleaned multiple times a week the whole time. So those are, that's kind of why I really like short-term rentals more than long-term rentals, if I'm being honest. Um, But I do think in our case, both of them have a place in our portfolio. Yes. And it's all about diversification anyway. Like <laughs> That sounds like an awesome mix. Now, that was my thing, like with the whole cleaning thing. I'm like, well, that's not too bad of a deal. I mean, you're able to say, you know what? This is being rented out. Let me go over to this nice, clean other house that we have. Exactly right. I don't have to worry about anything. Exactly right. So when we leave here, it gets clean before we go. It gets clean when we get back. We walk into a clean place. It's yeah, we, we really do like it. It's a little weird at first because you've got to learn like how to lock everything up and you kind of have to get into the flow of like grabbing your food. And we have this cooler that is bigger than you could possibly imagine. You could put a body in it probably, right? When we're moving back and forth, but it takes some getting used to, but it works for us, right? We're, we're both, we both have nine to five jobs, but we work completely remotely. We don't have kids, we don't have pets. So, you know, only some people can live this way, but right now it's working for us. Gotcha. Gotcha. So speaking of the nine to fives, um, I'm going to switch gears a little bit. Um, It sounds like you all are fire minded. Definitely. Yes. (laughs) Um, Especially because you're saying, you know, we're leaving our nine to five before the age of 40. Like, how were you all able to figure that out just for our listeners? um, You know, was it like, okay, once we get this amount of rental income, we can go ahead and walk away or this amount of doors? Or how did you figure that into the equation? Mm -hmm. So there's a couple of ways that you can think about retiring early. One is with stocks. A lot of people are like, I'm going to have a stock portfolio that's this size and I can take four safely take 4% of it. So you take what are your monthly expenses, you um, you are the yearly expenses, you multiply it by 25, and that's how much stocks you need. And that can be a pretty big number. So for example, let's say you want $100,000 a year, which is a pretty good living, especially if you have like no mortgage, right? But that means you need $2.5 million of stocks. That's kind of how the math works out. And so we do have stocks too. And we were thinking, but what if we did like half from real estate, if we want $100,000, what if we did half from real estate and half from stocks? Then we only need maybe 1.25 million in stocks. And we think that we would need less in real estate, especially with the short-term rentals. Because the short-term rentals, 
you do make probably two to three, two to two and a half times, I would say, as much as you make with long-term rentals on the net side. Now, it's a lot more work. It's literally a part-time job. I'm doing something for the short-term rentals every day versus the long-term rentals. It's like once a month, right? So it's a lot more work, but you do make more money. And so our goal was to have kind of $50,000 covered with rentals and then get another $50,000 covered with the stock market. As of right now, our yearly bills are actually about $40,000. It's pretty low. And our short-term rentals alone will net about forty dollars to $50,000. So technically, and then you, we have the long-term rentals on top of that, and then we have some stocks as well. So technically, you know, we're financially independent, but we're sort of at this point working for lifestyle. Um, my husband also is a part owner of his engineering firm. So he wants to take it to a certain point and then make an exit too. And he's a little younger than me. He's 29. So he'll work a little longer than I will. (laughs) Yeah, but that's awesome. And it's good to hear, like, how do you figure these all, how you figure all of these numbers out, um, especially for the audience that maybe this is a new concept to them, like the whole fire movement, um, doing house fire, because I think that's what it's called. (laughs) There's so many different fires out here. Um, (laughs) You know, so um, getting the insight into how you figured those numbers and you were like, okay, let me break it down. I think we're going to do half here, half here. What does that look like? How much do we need to have coming in? And then also hearing that short-term rentals make more even though they're more work but if you think about it if you plan on quitting your nine to five i mean you'll have plenty of time to manage these short-term rentals i mean so they say exactly. i mean yeah. you know right? usually your time goes out the window still when you don't work a nine to five but anyway um you know theoretically you'll have plenty of time to um go over these short-term rentals and manage them so i feel like you all have an awesome plan as you already know and i was even thinking about getting into this game myself and I know in our previous conversation we had you know I was kind of overthinking it like thinking okay well I need to go get a duplex I need to do this I need to do that but then you brought up the concept of I can just rent out my room <laughs> you know in my house close it off from the rest of the house and you know I was worried about oh, but they won't have kitchen. They won't have, you know, this, that, and the other. If they have a bathroom, this is equivalent to a hotel room. Um, And that opened my mind as well. I was like, oh, you know, hotel rooms don't typically have kitchens and stuff. Um, So people would probably still rent this. So um, thank you so much, Lauren, for coming on the show and, you know, just letting our audience in on these short-term rentals versus long-term rentals and how they can potentially get into the game. Now, if people were interested in learning more about you, how could they find you? I'm most active on Twitter. I'm at adulting is easy. I finally got pressured from my Twitter friends to create an Instagram. So I am adulting is easy real on Instagram. My website is realadultingiseasy.com. My podcast is called adulting is easy. And the idea of adulting is easy is if we make money easier, we make adulting easier. And so you could come listen to some of my episodes and um, kind of move that needle a little bit, make adulting a little bit easier. 
Yes. And I highly recommend because me and Lauren are friends on Twitter and we follow each other, interact with each other all the time. And she has some pretty dope stuff going on over there. So highly recommend (laughs) hitting her up on Twitter and all of her other locations. If you didn't catch all of that, we will have it in the show notes, along with a blog post that she wrote about this exact topic back in January. So that way you can check that out as well. So thank you so much, Lauren, for coming on the show today. It was a good time. All right. Have a good one. Bye. Thank you for listening, joining, and being a part of the Money Talk with Tiff podcast this week. You can check Tiff out every Thursday for a new Money Talk podcast. But if you just can't wait until next week, you can listen to previous podcast episodes at moneytalkwitht.com or follow Tiff on all social media platforms at moneytalkwitht. Until next time, spend wise by spending less than you make. A word to the money wise is always sufficient.